Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan, DC Sports Radio. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Weekend Radio here on The Fan. At AWOD Radio is where you can find me on social media. And you can find my guest Mark Schofield on social media at Mark Schofield, words for NFL Wire. And he joins me on the hotline right now. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Adam. How are you, buddy? Great to be back. Good. And so I, I was, uh, I've been doing a bunch of shows this week. I was on in Richmond for a few days, which was fun. Uh, there are nine, ten, the fan, and I throw, I throw around to my callers. Let's go through these week eighteen games and give them a one to ten on what games matter most. And it's certainly not the one involving Washington or New York. So let's go ten out of ten. Chargers, Raiders, so much on the line. It's a playoff game here in week eighteen. How do you see that one playing out? I mean, I think it is impressive that the Raiders here in Week 18, given everything that they've been through this year with the coaching change, the Henry Ruggs situation, that they still have a shot. But at the same time, I look at what the Chargers have done this year. I look at the continued growth and development of Justin Herbert, everything they can do on offense, the things that they can do defensively as well. I think the Chargers win this game. I think they are the better team. But I think a lot of credit, I think, goes to Derek Carr for sort of keeping that Raiders team together, putting them in a position to at least have a shot at getting in right now. And who knows? Look, I mean, they could still get in if some other events, some other games go their way. But a credit to them for being in a position to still get in Week 18. But I think that Herbert and the Chargers are the better team. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Chargers really botched it this season. I mean, they should have won that division. Had it, I think at yeah. one point had like a three-game lead on the Chiefs, completely let it go. Um, but I do think here that it's going to be interesting how this changes the dynamic for both teams in the next few years. I mean, if the Chargers win, it's like, man, hey, this Justin Herbert thing is working. Let's re-sign uh, all our wide receivers. Let's bring back Austin Eckler, and let's keep this thing rocking. If the Raiders lose, I could see Derek Carr on his way out or, or possibly traded uh, to another franchise. I, I'd love him here in Washington. Uh, so I think this this game is going to really decide the fate of the franchise for the next few years for both of these teams. Uh, let's Here's another good one. 49ers-Rams. I gave that a 9 out of 10. Uh, both teams basically uh, with a, a, you know, a lot to play for. Rams with seeding 49ers trying to make the playoffs. And I actually give the 49ers a chance to win here. I, I already placed a bet on them to uh, win just on the money line, not the spread. And I just think Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, both coaches here th- should probably still be in Washington, shouldn't have let them go. But And as much as I love Sean McVay, I trust Kyle Shanahan in a must-win regular season game. I really do. And, I, and Adam, I think that's a smart bet because historically, Kyle Shanahan has seemed to have had McVay's number when these, these two teams play. The 49ers always seem to have good games. They had a good one earlier this year as well. Garoppolo, Lance, they're being coy about who's going to start. I think Garoppolo's experience against this Rams defense is going to be the reason that Shanahan taps Garoppolo to play. Although I think what Lance did last week showed a lot of steps in development and coming from that first start against Arizona to what he did last week against the Houston Texans. But I think Garoppolo's history against this Rams defense, his ability to sort of make quick decisions and throws, which is obviously something you want to do against the likes of Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald. I think that's going to be a reason that he gets the start. And so, yeah, I think it was a smart bet because I think the 49ers have a very good chance to win this game, you know, given that they've had some games against this team that have gone their way in the past. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan, AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm Adam Epstein, my guest on the hotline. 
Mark Schofield words for the NFL Wire, part of USA Today's NFL coverage. Uh, Eagles, Cowboys, I gave that a 7 out of 10. I actually think if the Eagles win and get into the playoffs, nobody wants to face them. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been playing well, and a QB that's able to scramble, I mean, can completely take over a playoff game. Uh, I think the Eagles could upset a team like the Rams. I mean, they could even upset a, a team like the Bucks, uh, possibly. I just think this Eagles team is scary if they're able to get into the playoffs. Uh, and the Cowboys, you know, this game does matter for them for seeding. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, I, I think it's going to be a close one. I would pick the Eagles, actually, to win this, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I think both teams are kind of in interesting situations because, you know, with this game being played Saturday night, you know, the, the Cowboys have to make a decision. Do they leave their starters in? Do they play everybody all the way? You know, or do they decide, look, you know, we, wherever we end up is where we're going to end up. We've got the NFC East locked up, so we'll at least have a home game. And so, you know, we don't want to get a Dak Prescott hurt. We don't want to get you know, an Amari Cooper hurt, so we might throttle this back. The Eagles, they're in. Certainly, season doesn't matter so much for them because they're in as a wild card. They're on the road no matter what anyway. They might throttle things back, or maybe they play it a little bit, you know, they played a little bit harder and try to get the win just to have some momentum going into the playoffs. And so interested to see how these two coaches handle that. I think to your deeper point about the Eagles, there are a lot of teams that I think, you know, nobody wants to see in terms of in that first round matchup or even a second round matchup because of the way they play. And the Eagles are on that list because yeah. if they can sort of take control of the line of scrimmage with that offensive line, if they can do what they've been doing in the second half of the season, running the football, using Jalen Hurts' legs as a runner, sort of taking control of the game that way. You could see, you know, a game slowly gets salted away. Their defense gets a stop here or there, and suddenly you're in the fourth quarter, and, you know, they've got a 10-point lead or something, and you're right. still trying to play catch-up. And so I think the Eagles, yeah, on, on the NFC side, if the Niners get in, the Eagles, those are two teams that if you're Tampa Bay, if you're Dallas, if you're Arizona – you probably don't want to see, given the way that they can beat you, the way that they can sort of grind games down a little bit and give you just a handful of chances to put points on the board on the offensive side. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move over to the AFC here. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Chiefs cakewalked all the way to the Super Bowl again for the third year in a row. With that being said, though, in the back of my mind, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is going to have a back-breaking interception, a big turnover because he's kind of – Done a lot of that throughout this season, and I feel like in the playoffs, you know, uh, you can't really mask your your issues as much as you can during the regular season. It could come back to bite him. But besides the Chiefs, who do you think has the best chance to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC? Would you put money on Patriots, Bengals, or Titans? I mean, out of all the AFC teams, it's probably Buffalo that next to Kansas City I'm the most confident in. It doesn't scare you that they're not able to run the ball at all? I mean, that doesn't really scare me, Adam, in this day and age. I mean, I, I think what they've done in the past couple of weeks, what they did last week, you know, they kind of won ugly against Atlanta, but something that showed that I thought, I, I think that a lot I've been asking for and others have been asking for, even dating back to last year in the playoffs, using Josh Allen as a runner at times. You know, because if teams are going to, similar to what they've done against Kansas City, have these two deep safety looks, dare you to run the ball because you don't do it well, and try to take away everything you want to do in the downfield passing game, a way to really change those numbers is to use the quarterback as a run threat. Because now, if you think of it, say, you know, we've got six blockers, you've only got five in the box or whatever, you know, now we have six blockers plus the running back 
and the quarterback's running the football, and so you're really changing the numbers in your favor, that's going to get teams to come out of those two deep safety looks to bring that safety down because you're worried about the quarterback now, and then you can have success throwing the ball. Their defense is still very good. So, I, yeah, I, I look at the Buffalo Bills, and I think, look, they made a run last year. They've had some shaky moments this year, but down the stretch, they seem to have figured it out. They were very impressive against the Patriots two weeks ago. And so I think you're probably right. Kansas City looks to be in position to just get themselves back to a Super Bowl. But Buffalo is the team in the AFC that I think could also make a run. You're listening to AWOD Weekend Radio. I'm Adam Epstein, my guest on the hotline right now, Mark Schofield. Love going around the NFL with Mark. And so let me ask you this. Which would you rather see? You know, screw the ratings, screw the better matchup. I, I just want your personal opinion. Which would you rather see? Would you rather have Tom Brady and the Bucks go against Bill Belichick and the Patriots? It could be a great storyline. Everyone would be talking about that. Or would you rather have Mahomes versus Rodgers, two QBs going head-to-head, toe-to-toe? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one because both of them – are a very attractive options. Both are very attractive matchups. I think obviously the Patriots Bucks game would give people like me stuff to talk about for three weeks, four weeks, whatever. Um, so there would be no shortage of content, but I think from a sort of matchup standpoint, I do like the idea of Mahomes versus Rogers. We didn't get to see that matchup earlier this year. Cause that was the game that Rogers was out. Jordan love got the start. That was the week that also sort of, Started to jumpstart that Chiefs offense because that was during the stretch, Adam, when they were facing these two deep safety looks and they weren't having success on offense. Their defense was starting to struggle. Their defense has sort of turned it around since then. And so, you know, Steve Stagnola, his defensive mind against what Matt LaFleur does offensively, schematically, you know, obviously the shootout between these two quarterbacks that could be on on display. Two tremendous wide receivers. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got Tyree Kill. Some good tight end play from Travis Kelsey. So, yeah. I would really like that Packers-Chiefs potential matchup. Plus, you know, it's a bit of a throwback matchup to one of the earlier Super Bowls as well. So, yeah, give me, give me that one. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a tough one because both options are good. And, you know, we could get a, a combo of those. I mean, it would be fun to watch, like, Brady versus Mahomes um, again, you know. I mean, so yeah. there, there's definitely a lot of different options out there. I want to get your take on going into next season when you have teams like the Steelers. We're going to probably be without Big Ben next season and, and move on from there. You have guys like teams like the Ravens who really thought they were going to be a playoff team for sure, and then Lamar Jackson goes down, and the team hasn't been the same since. And then you have the team like the Browns. Actually, let's focus in on that division because the fact is is that it's a new era in that division with Big Ben going down, with the Ravens not making the playoffs, it looks like, for the first time in a while. I don't think people expected Joe Burrow to bounce back and the Bengals to win this division. And the Browns, man, I mean, it, you got to be thinking if you're them, we're we're a piece or two away from a real deep playoff run. We have to bring back Baker Mayfield. We can't scrap this and start all over. What are your thoughts on that division moving forward in the next few years? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of moving parts there. I think first was Cincinnati. They did a tremendous job putting this roster together. I think they deserve a lot of credit. You know, a lot of people, people like me, were saying, no, you draft the offensive lineman. Burrow got hurt. You want to protect him. And they said, no, we're going to draft Jamar Chase. We're going to trust the guys we have in the room and some of the free agent signings. And it's worked for them. And I wonder if that's a model that teams emulate. Where we've seen other teams, even this past draft cycle, drafted receivers to reunite them, in a sense, with, with their former college quarterback. Do we see more teams do that? Does Cincinnati 
do the right things from a roster construction standpoint. Now, going forward, this is an organization that, you know, has made some curious moves in the past. Do they keep it together or not? Then you look at Pittsburgh. Obviously, they have a quarterback situation they have to deal with. Do they try to replace Ben Roethlisberger via the veteran, somebody in the room, or do they decide to go down the rookie road? Mike Tomlin has said they don't want to do it with a rookie, but you might not have a choice. If free agency trades, things like that don't go your way, you look at who's in the room right now, Dwayne Haskins, you know, Mason Rudolph. I don't think there's a long-term answer on the roster right now. They might have to roll with one of those guys to start the season and then turn it over midway to, say, a Kenny Pickett or a Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati because this isn't the strongest quarterback draft class. Guys will certainly rise and get buzz and perhaps even be overdrafted because of need at the position, but it's not the quarterback class we saw last year. And then Cleveland, I mean, you're right. I I said I made I called them a Super Bowl team. I, I, they were my prediction preseason to get to the Super Bowl. That's how thought how strong I thought their roster was. It fell apart. It fell apart when Baker got hurt. It fell apart with the Odell situation. A lot of things happened and off the field. Their defense, where they made so many investments, wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. I think you're right, Adam, that they bring it back with Baker, but there's a lot of buzz right now about his tenure with the organization. There's a yeah. lot of friction, you know, with the media. You know, he's firing back at people in the media about some reports about him and Stefanski having a bit of a rift. I think they have no choice. If you're going to move on from Mayfield, who has been the best quarterback the Browns have had in recent history, what's a better replacement? You might find one. If you can swing for the fences in free agency with Rodgers, you begin – you know, swing for the fences with a trade for Russell Wilson. Maybe that's a re- an improvement. But I think they write it back. I think they try to, like, staple the plane back together for more and more run. But that was a – certainly if you're thinking about who's the most disappointing team this year, yeah. I think they're at the top of the list. Yeah, and it really sucks because they just had COVID and injuries and it got, got the best of them. And, and Baker Mayfield was never fully healthy throughout the year. Mark, let me let you go with this last thought here. Starting quarterback for the Washington football team next season is? I think to start week one, it's Taylor Heineke. I think the bigger question is how long does he hold on to? Because I think, you know, Washington's probably one of those teams that they'll take some swings in free agency. You mentioned, you know, if they could acquire, say, Derek Carr, maybe they go down that road. If the Raiders decide, look, we're going to Mark, I'm actually, I'm I'm going to tell you, I would be pissed if it was Taylor Heineke week one next year. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. The, here's the here's the thing is that I will never forget Kirk Cousins' last game here in Washington. He drove down the field, had to beat the Giants, who were four and twelve that season, and he threw an interception on his last play. Same with Taylor Heineke. I just think that seals the deal. He, you know, the Eagles. We had that game. We just needed to get into the end zone, and he threw an interception to lose the game. I, I think that seals the deal. He ends up being the backup, or maybe on a different roster next season. It would piss me off if he starts next year. Yeah, I mean, my thought here, Adam, is that he's going to end up being the bridge to the rookie that Washington ends up at. You know, if you look at a guy like, say, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, who I mentioned, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, there are some talented quarterbacks in this draft. They might need a little bit of time. And I think Washington is a situation where, look, you've – the organization has tried to put it together with some free agents, some you know veteran-type players. It's probably time to make the investment in the quarterback of the future type in this draft class. Now, maybe whoever, they, if they go that road and they do draft somebody, they just sort of show out in training camp. A guy like Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback, who is an incredibly talented player, just – 
played at a little bit of a lower level, you know, a Liberty school that didn't play the highest level of competition, made some mistakes, but extremely talented player. Maybe it's a situation where he comes in and just really shows out during training camp and you have no choice but to start him in week one. Yeah. But I just think that, you know, Heineke as the bridge to the next guy is probably the approach. Mark, I got to run, man. Thanks so much for the time, as always. Thanks so much, Adam. Have a good one. Yep. This is AWOD Weekend Radio. Don't go anywhere. Quick commercial break. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan here on a Saturday morning, January 8th. I'm Adam Epstein. During the week, Monday through Friday, my full-time job, I'm the video producer for BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. You can also stream the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL. And guys, I've been making a ton of bets throughout the football season, the NBA season, now college basketball starting. And I've been making them with the guidance of our exports, Ryan Horvat, Quentin Mayo, and Trista Crick. I want to tell you guys that you can now make a lot of bets too, and even some special ones. BetQL helps you make smarter bets throughout the football season, and now we're giving you a chance to win some cash prizes, cash money. BetQL's Giving Props is a free-to-play contest that starts Wednesday, January 12th next week and runs throughout the pro football postseason. It's easy, guys. Each playoff round, BetQL will post 10 props, 10 props each round. The person with the most correct picks each week wins $2,000. That's pretty dang good. That's rent for two months. Just by signing up, you'll be automatically entered into a random grand prize drawing for $10,000, 10K on the line. How do you sign up? Go to betql.com slash props to sign up. That's betql.com backslash props. Starting Wednesday, January 12th, you can make your picks and win cash. Now, I wanted to talk about this Antonio Brown saga, and I was talking with my producer behind the scenes, Donald, and I just don't care anymore. Like, when you saw this behind the scenes stuff, and you're you're reading all these text messages he's putting out, does that matter to you at all? No, and, it, and it's kind of like what we were saying off air. It's just, he's just known at this point for so many antics. It's just, you know, it's just another thing now. You know what I mean? It's the list is just compiling. It's just kind of like, yeah, to your point, I don't, as gr- as great and as talented as he is, I just, you know, the off the field stuff, I just don't really care anymore. I look at it like this. Have you seen uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War? Yes. You saw Endgame? I did. Thanos has a great line. He says, I am inevitable. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Right? You knew this was going to happen. That's why I'm uninterested in the Antonio Brown saga. In my mind, this was inevitable. We all knew eventually this was going to happen. We knew he would not last on the Bucs. I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. I watched him on Hard Knocks with the Raiders. Antonio Brown, in my opinion, is more interested in being a public figure and a megastar on the headlines than he is about being a football player. He's the most talented football player in the league whose priority is football number two. Fame number one. I mean, think about it, guys. From the Instagram Live in Pittsburgh after a playoff win. He's in the locker room. Guys are getting changed. That's inappropriate. Mike Tomlin wasn't taking that. He's out of Pittsburgh. To the drama in New England. That didn't last very long. I think he had one touchdown catch in the end zone. That was it. Then they shipped him out. To the helmet problems in Oakland. I mean, you can't have you could not have watched that hard knocks and said Antonio Brown cares about football. 
He cared about throwing his kids' birthday parties. He cared about getting his helmet right. He cared about, uh, you know, fixing his ankle and going to see certain special doctors for that. I mean, I get that's all part of the game, but it ended up being off-field drama, and that's the reason he was out of Oakland. So then we have the vaccine status issue here in Tampa Bay. He got through that. Now this ankle injury and the drama, and in Tampa, and he's out. And look, he put out that, uh, you know, cryptic post kind of like saying it's, Yo, Tom, how are you going to not have my back? And then he went on interviews saying he's getting paid a measly salary when he was the best wide receiver. Like, no, uh, Mike Evans is a better better wide receiver. He's the best wide receiver on that team. And Chris Godwin, in my opinion, is actually a better wide receiver than you when he's out the, as well. But this this whole Antonio Brown thing, just, it's, it's got legs, man. The story keeps going. It keeps going. He's doing interviews. He was on the Full Send podcast yesterday. He's uh, posting uh, screenshots of the tweets. You know what I thought was the funniest thing of it was Bruce Allen's had to say in the text message, hey, this is B.A. It's like, that's how you know it's already a bad relationship. You got I got, I got the program director's phone number saved in my phone here. I got all the junkies' numbers saved in my phone. Drab and Valdez saved in my phone. If I work with you, Donald, your number's saved in my phone. I'm not going to have to say who's this. You're not going to have to introduce yourself when you text me. If your head coach is doing that to your star wide receiver, you know the relationship is already messed up. Yeah, it's yeah. It's already sailed. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah, if your head coach has to like let you know who he is, like that's that's already a tarnished relationship. No, no. And, and I mean, you just saw it from the whole text. Uh, Antonio Brown's kind of making excuses why he can't play, and Bruce Arians is old school. He's just like, call me. See me in the morning. Let's talk about this face-to-face. Um but it is interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot of tweets going on that are saying Arians lied, and, and Bruce Arians is uh, is kind of covering up for something here. It's interesting, and the story has legs, but that is why. With all those reasons I told you, he's inevitable. We knew this was going to happen. That's why I am personally uninterested in this Antonio Brown saga. The only reason I'm talking about it, though, is it's good radio fodder. It's a good topic for sports radio stations all across the the globe. When I get back here from this quick commercial break, I'll be joined by my guy Brandon Katz, Mr. Hollywood, who covers all entertainment things for the Morning Brew. Next on the fan. Welcome back, DC Sports Radio 1067 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Weekend Radio at AWOD. Radio is where you can find me on social media. If you're a member of the AWOD Army, you know for a fact that I love to switch things up, talk about Hollywood, sports, and entertainment, talk about going out in Clarendon, talking about hitting the bars in D.C., and uh, trying to get my... We're, we're efforting behind the scenes here to get my guy Brandon Katz on the show. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me send him a text real quick, uh, Donald, to see what's going on. Uh, but we want to go around Hollywood and entertainment. And uh, I was t- we were talking behind the scenes about how we both watched True Story with Kevin Hart. That was a great show. And, uh, man, I couldn't believe how, like, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, I thought it was going to be a comedy. It was like crime, dude. I mean, it was epic. Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. I, like, we were both saying, we were saying in the break, and... um it, it was kind of like a comedy, but it was also very like serious. And when you see anything with like Kevin Hart in it, you're automatically going to think it's, you know, something funny, something comedic. But 
it was a very serious element. Wesley Snipes was in it. We, you know, we both said we thought he killed it. Um, it, it was a very good watch. I recommend it for anybody for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Had a lot of twists and turns, and uh, there were just so many different guys in it that you know made a made a difference, and uh, just really good acting um, from a lot of the different guys, from the bad guys to his brother with Wesley Snipes and. Uh, man, it was just so much fun, and uh, I recommend it for everyone out there. I will tell you guys, it's seven episodes. I finished it in three days. I ran through that show. I mean, it's it's that good. I mean, uh, I don't know how else to describe it. I, I was kind of joking. It's like Seinfeld with crime, you know, because it's like a comedian that gets in on all this drama behind the scenes. But it uh, looks like we can't get in touch with uh, Brandon Katz here, so... We'll move on here and go around the NFL. And I actually was planning to do a topic here where it was going to be my grading the NFL season and moving forward. And who do we want to be the future quarterback of the Washington football team? Yesterday on my show on uh, in Richmond, Virginia, I had Fred Smoot on the snow on the show. And uh, Donald, do you know who Fred Smoot said he wants to be the quarterback next year? He made the case for Russell Wilson to come back to the East Coast, and play for the Washington football team. And I tried to argue. I was like, Fred, did you watch Russell Wilson this year? Did you see him against the Washington football team? So inaccurate all over the place. He had one good throw at the end of the game to to try to tie it at the end. I don't know if I would be interested in having him here. And, And Fred was like, man, don't put that much disrespect on Russell Wilson. He's still got years. But I don't know. Man, I at first it sounded good, but now I'm thinking I... A couple of years ago, I'd be all in on Russell Wilson. Maybe it, maybe he's over the whole hill now. Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely a good argument. I think he still has some juice left in the tank. And then at bare minimum, you know, he just brings, you know, Super Bowl winning experience, which is obviously something we kind of lack on our, our roster right now. So even at bare minimum, just to have him here just as a locker room guy, hopefully he performs on the field. That's ultimately what you want. But just to have that presence of someone who's been there before, who has handled it, I I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying there. I, look, I I think there's Derek Carr would be a better guy. I mean, a little younger. Um, I I know people have thrown out the name like a, a Matt Ryan. I, I don't think he's the guy, but that's the example, right? Uh, of a guy that's been in the league. He made it to one Super Bowl, um, and he's going to be probably out of Atlanta. I mean, here's the thing: is that I think Washington is better suited getting a veteran than dealing with a rookie a lot of teams around the league you know the hot term people say is uh we're one piece away from being a super bowl contender right this is our time to strike now we've got a young defense uh, we've got enough weapons on offense well can we make a run if we shore up the quarterback position and i think the best way to do that is in free agency um but uh, you have to draft a quarterback this year you know, whether it's the second round, third round, fourth round, or or so on and so on, you have to draft a quarterback. Washington can't go into next season with Kyle Allen, Taylor Heineke, and, uh, you know, Montez, or Steven Montez, or Gilbert Godfrey, the, whatever, Gil, Brad Gilbert, or whatever, the guy, that, uh, Garrett Gilbert that stepped in uh, when we had COVID. I mean, we have to figure out this quarterback position because it's holding the team back. It's holding Ron Rivera back. It's holding Scott Turner back from being able to call the plays he wants. It's holding everyone back. <clears throat> and the simple thing is we just need to figure out the most important position on the team. And so that's why I'm just so uninterested in this whole brand debate because 
It's not going to fix the quarterback situation. It's just not. And so until we ever figure that out, we're never, ever, ever going to be a Super Super Bowl contender. You have to figure out your quarterback position. 1-800-636-1067 is the number. Uh, We got Kevin in Burke. What's going on, Kevin? How you doing? Hey, man. Prince of Pampora, how are you? Hey, I want them to get – I want the Skins to go after – Russell Wilson. That way they'll stay off the, the top five quarterbacks because the Steelers are going to need a quarterback, and I'd rather have uh, Pickett go to the Steelers than to the Redskins. But uh, why don't you like why don't you like Russell Wilson? So I, I just think it's this season. It's this season here. I, I've liked him my you know his entire life. I liked him uh, in college. I liked him his first you know bunch of years in the NFL. The way he won the Super Bowl, always making the playoffs with the Seahawks. It's this season. It's that he looks disinterested. He looks like, you know, he'd rather just hang out with his wife and kids. And he, and he doesn't look as fast. He doesn't look as athletic. He looks kind of slow in the pocket. And maybe it's because Seattle had a bad offensive line and couldn't figure out a running game this year. And they were always behind in games. But DK Metcalf's a superstar. And it felt like he never really unlocked him this year. And so I'm going to say, like, man, is, is he going to be able to unlock Terry McLaurin? Is there a chance that Russell Wilson has been figured out. You know what I mean? He's been in the league for a long time now. No, I think it's uh, the marriage between him and uh, Pete Carroll is over, and <laughs> he just needs to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. No, good point, man. Great call. I appreciate you calling, as always. Look, I, I wouldn't say no to Russell Wilson here in D.C., but I just could see it going completely wrong and uh, being like an old McNabb situation where it's a guy that's just, he's just over the hill. He's just not as good as he used to be. I'm at I, I'm at Adam Epstein at AWOD Radio on social media, or you can call in the show 1-800-636-1067, 1-800-636-1067. Final segment of the show coming up after this quick commercial break on The Fan. Welcome back to 106.7 The Fan. I'm Adam Epstein at AWOD Radio. It's where you can find me on social media. Big shout-out to Sam who tweets me, Russell Wilson had an 8-10 to week injury and came back in four weeks. Russell's still fine. I hope so, man. I hope he's got uh, something left in the tank. Ryan tweets me, uh, tweets me, Russ is only 33, won't be 34 till November. When he played against Washington, he was seven weeks removed from having a surgery on a finger in his throwing hand. And since the Washington game, he has thrown 12 touchdowns to two interceptions. You're crazy if you don't want Russ. He probably would be rejuvenated here, too. Look, I, I just have been burned too many times before in the past. I, look, here's what I will say. I would rather have Russ than a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just worried because he didn't look like he's got it anymore this season, but maybe he's just, he's just like that caller said, his relationship with Pete Carroll has soured. You know what we need? We need Seattle Seahawks beat reporter, Mr. Drab T-shirt of the Junkies to chime in. Everybody start tweeting him at Drab T-shirt. Give his thoughts. Tell him AWOD doesn't want, want Russell Wilson and see what he says uh, if Russ still has stuff in the tank here uh, to come to D.C. Hey, Donald, I just got uh, saw this on social media. I want to hear your take on this, your personal take. It's a tweet that says, I, I can't confirm if this is true. I need to look it up. But it says Taco Bell is now selling a $10 a month subscription service, you can get one taco a day for 30 consecutive days for the price of 
Are you interested? It's funny. I, I saw this yesterday, and oh, I, you actually, did. I actually had a whole conversation with someone about this. <laughs> um, You've got a lot of fun going on. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Tell us about, about my life. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's worth it, only because it's like I'm not traveling to Taco Bell every day. Like, right. I get it. It's $10. Personally, I haven't been in three months. That's what I'm saying. Like, I get it's $10 for the month. You get one every day for 30 days or whatever, so you're $10, 30 tacos, but... Are you really pulling up to Taco Bell every day? So how much is a Taco Bell taco? It's got to be like maybe one eighty to two dollars. Yeah, yeah, something like so that. So if maybe. you got one for thirty days, it'd be like sixty dollars with tax, right? So I guess. So I mean, you you are saving. You are money. saving money. You're also destroying your stomach <laughs> and your health and your weight. Um, what I will say is though, when I go to Taco Bell, though, since I was a kid, I've been getting number seven. You know what the number seven is? I do not. That's the chicken or steak quesadilla combo with a soft taco and a drink. It's the it's arguably the best combo in all of fast food, in the history of fast food. Because <laughs> Taco Bell serves a great quesadilla, and you get a soft taco on the side with a drink. I mean, come on. Are you a Mountain Dew, like, Baja Blast guy? I'm not. Okay. Are you? I can tell you are, though. I, I'm not a big Mountain Dew guy, but if I do go to Taco it's Bell... It's the Baja Blast. It's, it's the Baja... Because it's, it's like it's exclusively <laughs> it's there, basically. Thing. Yeah, so everyone, it's like, you know I what gotta everyone, get it. You know what everyone talks about now, though, also, is like the Taco Bell Cantina in Vegas. Oh, right. Have you heard about that? I it's have. like you can get Taco Bell and get drunk on the dance floor and party, <laughs> and there's probably strippers around. Right. It's Vegas-style Taco Bell. I'd be interested in that. <laughs> um, but anyway, here, so Washington against New York on Sunday, final game of the season. And uh, I saw a really interesting uh, quote from Ron Rivera this week. It said, I think we still have ways to go. I think that's pretty obvious, Ron. But he said, it's one of those things where we will continue to grow, but we showed what we are capable above. Capable of. I think he's talking about when we went from 2-6 and six to 6-6. Six and six. We showed some resilience at times, and then sometimes it was overwhelming. What he's talking about there is the off-the-field drama and the COVID issues, losing your quarterbacks and all that. Here's what I will say, okay? This game against Washington, against New York, means something to me because I need to see how these guys respond to being knocked out of playoff contention. Do they still care, all right? Is Ron Rivera still firing them up? Can we go into next season with some momentum, having knocked off a division opponent? That would be great. You know, how, how is the guys going inside the locker room? Are they done with the season? Or have they packed it up, gone fishing? Or are they actually going to care in this Week 18 matchup? And will we see any big plays from any guys? Will anybody flash and earn a contract? You know, it's still an NFL game that there's going to be game tape on this. You, you know, you could see yourself getting picked up in free agency if you have a big game or getting re-signed here in Washington. It's not a preseason game just because the season's over. I think... You want to have some momentum going into the offseason. And then there's also this. The Giants head coach is kind of a bum. Here was, here's what uh, head coach Joe Judge had to say in preparation for Washington against New York. This ain't a team that's having fistfights on the sidelines. This ain't some clown show organization or something else. Okay? You talk about the foundation built. You talk about the, things that, the toughest thing to change in a team. The toughest thing to change in a club is the way people think. Joe, you made a, a comment the other day after the game about not having fist fights on the sideline. Is that a reference to what happened to Washington a couple weeks ago? No, I just made a comment to any outward dysfunction. Um, look, my focus is on you know getting our team ready right now for Washington right now. You know, you can make a lot of a lot of comments I've said in the past. You know, right now I'm focused on getting the team ready for Washington this weekend. So yeah, he walked it back, but we all knew what he was talking about. I mean, it was a direct 
direct shot at Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. And I will say, hopefully those guys have figured it out and that we can keep both of them here. But it does seem like, hey, that's a good chance to maybe trade Deron Payne because you can't keep all your first-rounders rocking and rolling. So I, I get what he's saying. They're not a clown show organization, but, man, the Giants haven't won very many games in your time there as head coach. So, uh, you know, I think you should keep the trash talk quiet, uh, Mr. Joe Judge, Mr. Head Coach there in New York. I think Washington will get the win. I think they're just a better team, and I think Ron Rivera has those guys fired up. They want to prove that, hey, we're a seven-win team. Even though it doesn't mean anything, and even though we won't make the playoffs, uh, I think that's what he's saying. Taylor tweets me, he can't even entertain the conversation of Russ coming here. Uh, he just doesn't think it's going to work. Nick tweets me, if Russ came here, it would be McNag 2.0. So a lot of people are agreeing with me. I would rather have Russ than a rookie quarterback. Adam Epstein on the fan here. You can check me out next Saturday as well. Or if you're in Richmond, Virginia, you can hear me on 910, the fan, Thursday and Friday from 12 to 3. Adam Epstein, AWOD Weekend Radio. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend.